song by Maverick City Music Tribal. Be praised. That is what he is to be. Praised. Forever and always. No matter what. Do you want to know why? I mean, I can tell you a thousand reasons why. Number one, you were made. Perfectly and wonderfully created in the image of our Father God. That's number one. You're sustained every day. You're alive. You're not gone yet. So clearly God has something in store for you. Because if you had no purpose, then you would expire. Number three. God has fought battles for you since before you were formed in your mother's womb. God continues to fight battles for you right now as we speak. And he's fighting battles yet to come that are in your future. And he's doing that with every single person on the planet. 
So yeah, be praised. Definitely be praised. Good morning to each and every one of you. LFA, rise up. God-fearing patriots. Getting up early in the morning, in some places 6 o'clock, to get the word of God. Because guess what? No Bible, no breakfast. You're not going to put the word of God on the nightstand and then go downstairs and put food in your belly. No, you're going to open that book up. You're going to read that book. You're going to enjoy your nice coffee or tea in the morning, and then you can put food in your belly. No Bible, no breakfast. After all, after all, if every day could be your last Unless you spoke with God that day, I guarantee you that'd be the first thing that you want to do. You wouldn't get up and grab your coffee cup. You wouldn't get up and grab your your phone. No, no. You would get up and you'd grab your Bible, you'd turn on the light, and you'd start reading. Or if you're a real Christian, you don't have to turn on that light because that oil lamp's been burning all night long. No Bible, no breakfast. God first in everything. So yeah, be praised for all that and infinite more. Now, last night, (laughs) Eli, JV says, Jeremy, the LFA journalists look exhausted. Y'all need a vacation. (laughs) We were just talking about that unfortunately we can't take them you know that's what we signed up for we're here for you every day we're here for the for the country every day and we're here for god every day now yesterday after work i was scrolling through just regular social media wasn't looking for anything i just was trying to unwind And I came across this. And it, look, I'm a crier, and it instantly made me cry. Instantly. So, please grab your tissues, your Rise Up tissues, because you're going to need them. And I think the reason why I needed a tissue box when I read this was because I felt convicted immediately. And then this morning, as I'm coming into work, I feel incredible, infinite joy for no apparent reason whatsoever. It says, God, I'm sorry. That's the title. God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for saying sorry. And then making the same mistakes again. I apologize for telling you that I love you, but not taking, making any time for you or your teachings. I'm sorry. God, I know I've disappointed you many, many times. 
But I am so thankful that through all of it and through all my apologies that you stick with me and you continue to be by my side. I'm so sorry. That's it. That's what I read. And then I wake up this morning, two days after finding out that one American hero, Toby Keith, I mean, uh, Carl Weathers, passed away. And I find out this morning that Toby Keith, a great American patriotic hero, also lost his battle with cancer and has gone to be with the Lord. And I know that any moment could be our last moment. Every day is our last day. That's the way we've got to look at things, folks. Look at the people that we have loved, watched, been close to. Some of us growing up watching, like Apollo Creed. And they're all leaving now. And yet we're still here. So not only are we thankful but we are so sorry for complaining about anything, dear Lord. Because we have the best blessing of all. Time to repent. Time to bring more people to God. Time to enjoy our families where other people don't have that time. So I'd like to start this morning out with a prayer, as always. And I'd like to include those falling, fallen patriots, God-fearing men, that we're losing in our country. Lord and Heavenly Father, how sobering is it to see the ones that we've loved, the ones that we've watched and been close to, people that inspired us and encouraged us, how eye-opening is it when we see them leave? When you think that Life is forever. This kind of stuff really humbles you and makes you realize that there's not enough, there's not as much time as we think there is. But as long as there's still time, then that's enough time. Lord, as we continue to age and get older in these earthly, worldly, flesh, fleshly bodies, Let us understand that our spirit is still young. Our spirit is still growing and learning every day like it was in high school. Our spirit has still got all the energy and vigor of a teenage boy. Our spirit is infinite and eternal. And as long as we focus on the spirit and not the body, then we can have joy when there seems to be no joy in the world. Lord, today we're going to talk about true freedom that I'm sure Carl Weathers and Toby Keith are experiencing right now. And we don't have to wait until that day. We can experience the freedom and the joy that they're experiencing with you right now here on earth. We pray for those who need it most today. In Jesus' name, amen.
Toby was a big burly man, but the cancer robbed him of that. Yeah, I saw some pictures of Toby not too long ago, and I was really, it hurt. It hurt. It only took two years to take him out. And that is why we preach, you know, eating better, which I need to do better myself, making sure that you're taking your daily amount of, of, uh, of, of fruits and vegetables with the field of green, getting your daily word, sleeping enough, all of that, folks. We're causing our own cancer in this world because of what we're putting on and in our bodies. And if you ever wondered why I get most of the partners that I get, most of the sponsors that I get, it has to do with stuff like that, mind, body, and soul, mind, body, and spirit. I titled today's show, Freedom Equals Not Trying? Question mark. Now, I know a lot of you learn a lot from this show every day. Take what you learn and apply it in your lives, and that's what we're supposed to do. And a lot of you are so far ahead of me in your journey with Jesus that for you, you might have already been through what I'm going through in my journey right now years ago in some cases, decades ago, and you're just watching the growth and maybe learning a bit here and there. But I got to tell you, this week, last week and this week, especially this week so far, God, in the last few days, God is, I decided to put God more back into my life because I was going through one of those, I'm going through one of those times where your fam, my family Uh, is going through a lot and really needs my attention, except I've been giving it the wrong attention. I've not been giving it the godly attention. So tonight, we're going back to sitting down together as a family and going through verses and making that, you know, decision over the last few days to, okay, what is wrong? Why is my family going through so much right now? That's what you got to understand. Why is my family going through so much right now? What is the, what is absent and what is present? And every single time that my family is going through a difficult time, like many of us at once, that's causing family turmoil, I can pretty much pinpoint every single time I know what's absent, and that is us together in the Word of God. Now, church is great. Spend time together as a family. But at your home, within the confines of your walls, as the head of household, you are to be bringing everybody into the, into the fold, into the word of God. And when every time I look at, you know, the family having some issues, it means, I mean, it always has something to do with um, lack of the Lord. So when there's lack of the Lord, there's no freedom. When there's lack of the Lord, That is when the door is open for depression, anger, loneliness, uh, despair, anxiety, anger. As long as there's no God, all of that stuff will exist. God says, I am the light. Jesus is the way, the, the truth, and the life. God is the light. So if you're walking in one with the Trinity, then you can't be in darkness. It's impossible. So if you are in darkness, you have to go, why am I in darkness? And nine times out of 10, maybe 10 times out of 10, it'll be because of a lack of God and the word of God and God speaking to your family through the head of household as it should be. 
Most generally, that is the case. So when you don't feel free, when you don't feel light, when you don't feel illuminated, then that means that there's a lack of God. So you don't have freedom. So why don't you have freedom? I'll tell you why. Because you're trying too hard. Now, I know that doesn't really make sense at face value. I know me saying, you're not free because you're doing, you're trying too hard. That's, in our language, in our culture, the more you do, the more you practice, the more you try, the more you achieve. So how can you achieve uh, more, gain more, and become more free by trying less? How is that possible? I'm going to explain it for you. But first, let's get to the description of today's show. When do you experience true freedom? When is the day that you feel lighter than a feather and nobody can ruin your day? Nobody can hold you down. Nobody can have you in chains. At what point does it take heaven and earth before you let anything bother you and or keep you captive? Today we're going to talk about that. The answer is when you give it all to God and stop trying so hard. That is when you're free. That is when the chains break. That is when the bondage is lifted and you feel free and you feel light when you stop trying so hard. When you overthink, which we all do. When you say, you know, if I could just do this much more, maybe if I stay up another hour of the day, maybe if I wake up an hour early, Maybe if I take another hour from the family just to complete this. Maybe if I get the maybe if I do this with this person in the family, then everything will be better. Maybe if I spend more time with this person. Maybe 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 when you stop trying and you stop and you start just giving it to God, that is when real freedom happens. Now I'm not trying I'm not saying completely just sit there and don't do anything. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not saying don't do anything. But when you overthink and try too much, you're going to go backwards. You're going to go two steps forward with God, two steps forward with the Bible, two steps forward with the word. And every single time that you start to feel like, ah, oh, I got to, oh, I'm not doing this much. Oh, I got to do this. Maybe if I do that, when you get to that point, you're already too far gone. And that means you're taking three steps back. If you take two steps forward in the Lord, the minute that you decide to remove the Lord from that forward motion, you're going to go back three steps. So yeah, the beginning of your freedom means to let it go and to stop trying so hard. Now I've got a video
that talks about just this. Here we go. You stop saying, God, I'm going to try. God, I promise I won't do it again. God, I hate that I do that. God, I hate that I keep going back to that pattern. I hate that I keep treating people that way. I hate that I keep looking at that. I hate that I keep letting that in my life. I hate that I keep talking that way. When you stop saying, God, I hate that and I'm going to try, and instead you say, God, I love you more and I'm going to let you have it, that's where freedom comes from. Freedom comes from not trying to break that chain anymore, not trying to break the addiction, not trying to break the sin, not trying to get better. Freedom comes when we simply say, I ain't trying. God, you've got it. I trust you. I love you more. And I love you more than the sin, so I'm just going to give it to you, and I'm going to look at you, and I'm not even going to think about it. When I do, you're going to give me the strength. As long as I keep my eyes on you, as long as I surrender to you every day, I'm going to find freedom. That's it. You have to love and trust God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit within you far more than the attention that you are giving to the very thing that is holding you in chains. You're holding yourself in chains. That's just the fact of the matter. I don't care if you're 16 or 60. God does not hold you in chains, and the devil can't hold you in chains, you can hold you in chains. That pesky devil and those demons, they're not holding you in chains. You really think that they have the power to do that? Do you honestly believe that demons and Lucifer himself the underground king of the demons who has all of this power, do you believe that they can hold you in chains? They don't have the power you have. God gives you unlimited power to break chains and rip off bondages and walk in freedom. It is you Who chain yourself up. It is you. When Satan comes in and says, hey, can I come in? You say, yeah, come on in. My mind isn't on the Lord right now. What's up? Satan says, yeah, I got these handcuffs here. I got these chains and I got this straight jacket. I was wondering if I could put it on. He can't do that. He can only give it to you. And have you put it on for him. So he deceives you into doing his dirty work. He has no power to do that. Satan cannot physically or even spiritually put a bondage upon you, chain you up, lock you up, chain you to the wall, put a straitjacket on you. He doesn't have that power. He doesn't even, think about that. He doesn't even have the ability to do something as simple as that. So if he doesn't even have the power to do something as simple as that, then how does he have the power to ruin your life or control you or keep you on the wrong path? He doesn't. It's all you. You've got to look yourself in the mirror today and say, I'm done. This is ridiculous. This is the definition of insanity. Where I'm going to keep doing this thing over and over again, and then I'm going to complain about the bondages. I'm going to complain, and I'm going to grumble about the chains that I put myself in. 
The devil can literally only give you the opportunity and, and deceive you because he's the father of lies, the master of lies. He can only deceive you into doing it. So he comes to your house, knocks on your door. You're not focused on God that day. You had breakfast but didn't have Bible. You let him in just by the mere fact that you don't have God present with you, that you're not walking in the light. Now you're walking in the darkness. He's sitting there chilling with you, and he says, yeah, so guess what? Um, I brought you something, and you're like, oh, why would you bring me? You're all depressed and lonely, feeling sorry for yourself, right? I've been there. Trust me. I know. And the devil says, yeah, here, I got you this. Here's some handcuffs. Here's some chains. Here's a straitjacket. And uh, I'm going to hold the key. Deal? And you go, yeah, why not? I guess so. Here, put the straitjacket on. Put these handcuffs on. Lock me all up. There you go. And, the de- and Satan says, thank you. And rejoices. It's pretty much that black and white. Now I'm going to tell you something very personal about a conversation that my daughter and I had yesterday. And I don't know if my daughter wants me talking about some of the personal conversations we have or not. Um, but this is my, my, my diary to Jesus. This is my journey. And, and I think it's going to be good for me and for her when she watches this to hear this as I'm saying it to Jesus and not to her. And it's this. She is going, one of my daughters has the weight of the world on her right now. Not really. She brought her, she's bringing it on herself. Now she's 16. She's going through a lot of this, that, this, and that. In the world of 2024, in a Christian home where her father does this for a business, does this for a job, and she's a 16-year-old girl. Hormones up and down. So it's understandable that she's going to um, go through a lot right now. And she's actually going through a little bit more than a lot because she is allowing herself to succumb to the devil's lies. She's stressed out about her physical look. She's stressed out about some stuff, go, you know, some stuff that we're dealing with in the family. Um, uh, you know, a possible, you know, a relocation. If we, we might, we, we, we decided we might be, you know, moving from the home that we're in. So that's a little bit stressful. Nothing set in stone or anything, just the talks of it. She's not doing so well in school. She's got this, you know, a love crush that she's got. Uh, she's not happy about things that are other at, at her mom's house with her and her family and, you know, things there. And she, but then I broke it all down and I said, well, we could probably eliminate five of these of the six things that are fe- that are weighing you down just by your perspective just by your attitude just by your willingness to just give it to god and we sat there and we broke it all down and she realized after the conversation that she is literally chaining herself to a wall she realized it Through the grace of God, she comprehended and understood what I was trying to get through to her. That you've chained yourself to the wall. The key's right there. Grab it and unlock yourself. And by the end of that conversation and going into the night and even spilling over to this morning, I had my 
joyful, full of a Holy Spirit, big heart, wonderful, smile from ear to ear daughter, says, Dad, I did this, 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 and this last night. Today, I'm going to do this, this, and this. I'm going to do some of this, the back work in school that I didn't hand in. And she actually responded to me teaching her that it was her own power that was keeping her captive. And she re- when she realized it, it was like a light bulb. The Holy Spirit was working, and she immediately, like a flip of a switch, realized that she was holding herself down, and she's 16. That is a beautiful and bright and smart young woman, and I am so, so proud of her for understanding that at 16, something that I didn't understand at 36. Something I didn't understand when I was 40. And I challenge them, I challenge them, if you don't believe that it's you that's holding you down, do this, 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 and this, be sincere about it, and you tell me what happens. And every time, if they believe in God, and they can give it to God, and they can realize it's their own selves that are, that are um, allowing the devil to deceive them, to lock them up, ladies and gentlemen, oh my gosh, oh, the whole world changes so quickly. So quickly. So. This kind of conversation that I'm having with you, I had with my daughter before I even brought it to this God cast today. And I understand that so many people are going through the same thing that they need to hear these messages. Now. I have another video here. And this is talking about overthinking. It's, just, it's not a long video. It's just a quick uh, verse. But it's talking about overthinking. And it's 1 Peter 5, 7. Check it out. I'm going to take you somewhere so you know I care. I want to take you somewhere so you know I care. Take you somewhere so you know I care. First Peter 5 7. Overthinking will kill your peace. Pray and leave it to God. That is that whole giving it, not trying. You're trying too hard if you're overthinking. If you can't get something out of your mind that's bothering you, that's festering, and you lay down at night and it's rolling through your mind, the first thing that I would say is put your nose in the Bible and read something in the Bible that touches you, that makes you think about the Bible and not your problem. Make your God bigger than your problem because your God is bigger than your problem. So if you can train yourself to make your God bigger than your problem, when your big problems are weighing you down, well, then you can go to your bigger God with your smaller problem and have God engulf that smaller problem, absorb that smaller problem for you so you don't have to think about it, so you lose sleep because overthinking will kill your peace. And so just pray and leave it all to God. Now, what happens if you don't? What happens if you know the remedy, but you decide not to, and you deny yourself the peace and the joy 
of the Holy Spirit. Well, first of all, that is a very, very rough and tumble sin. I understand that it's very difficult, especially as a youngster. But so many people make it so close to full salvation. And then they allow that devil to deceive them and yank them back out of their joy and their salvation and lock them right back up again. Who did that? Not the devil, because he doesn't have that power. He doesn't have that ability. It is not physically, nor is it spiritually possible in this realm or another for the devil to do something to you. Now, he can tempt you. He can bring calamity your way. He can give you sores like he did Job. But guess what? He cannot hold you down and keep you captive in here and in here unless you let him. And this woman, boy, this woman really made me think about something yesterday. And you might cry listening to it. Roll it. Y'all, the way, the way the devil does not want me to get this message out, I've been trying to record it like four different times. I'm here to tell you that when you are about to step into your new, into your better, into your greatness, into the life that God has for you, the devil will pop back up in your life. It will come in, in, in people and in, in places and things and texts. You'll see people from your past and they will try and remind you that it's the devil trying to keep you where you were. If anything, take it as a confirmation that you were almost there. Do not look backwards. Keep your eyes on God and keep moving forward. I don't know. I don't know who I'm speaking to, but I know God just spoke to me. And the devil does not want me to tell you. But you are almost there. You are almost there. You are stepping in. You are you have your foot in the door. You're not almost there. Your foot's in the door. You're already there. You're already there. Don't give up. Do not look backwards. Do not let your past circumstances, your past life, your past experiences, do not look back because that's over. It's over. You are in your new. You are. Y'all the way. You're in, you were already there. You were already in your new. You chose to go back to your old. You choose to go back to what you know not only didn't work, but didn't bring you joy, didn't bring you salvation, didn't bring you peace, and has only brought you problems, calamity, death, destruction, How many times has that happened to you? It's happened to me multiple times. Again, going back to the whole, you know, point of this, is she said you were there. You were already in your new. You pulled your foot out of that door. You backtracked. Satan didn't grab you by your shirt and pull you back. 
He merely, you're too fat, you're too ugly, nobody likes you, you'll never make it. Look at you, how could anybody ever love you? You're worthless, God could never love you. You'll never be who God created you to be. There is no God. You're fat, you're ugly, you're worthless. You're not smart, you're stupid. There's no way anybody could ever love you. Lies. All lies. What's that saying, Eli? Real eyes realize real lies. Right? Realize, realize real lies. And the devil is the king of lies. That's all he ever is. All those whispers. Gossiping. Spreading lies. Rumors. That's why we say spread the gospel, not gossip. All of those things that I whispered is the reason why you choose your path. You choose your anxiety level. You choose how broken you are. You choose the chains and the bondages that you are in and the length of them. You choose the mountain over the molehill. You choose death instead of salvation. You've got to stop trying so hard. God has already done. Jesus has already done the work. All you have to do now is live in his presence, live in his light, live in his salvation. And by default, you will spread the gospel. You can't wait to tell everybody about God. You, by default, will help the people that need help. You'll help the meek. You'll help the poor. You'll help the needy. You'll spread the word to the people who need it. You'll lift somebody up that's on the ground. That is what you do. Other than that, everything else falls into place. You don't have to worry. You don't have to worry. So from now on, have real eyes so you can realize real eyes. Okay? I always loved that saying. Thought it was pretty cool. KC22, he's already won the battle for each and every one of us. Annette says, pick up the Bible. Read what he says about you. Patty says, wow, I needed this today. Yeah, so did I. Rosebud says, this show is life. So let's stop talking about the whispers of Satan, which I didn't even know was going to segue into this. Check this out. Can't see that, I'm sure. Well, you can't. It says whispers of God. This is how the Holy Spirit works in this show, right? The whispers of God rather than the whispers of Satan. 1 Kings 19.12. By the way, me and my six-year-old daughter just memorized a verse from 2 Kings uh, two days ago. We'll get to that in a second. After the earthquake of fire... But the Lord was not in the fire. After the fire, the sound of a low whisper. 
We all sometimes want God to speak a bit louder than he does. We just can't seem to hear his voice. But God often speaks in a whisper. So we must listen closely if we want to hear him. And dads, develop a listening ear. Father, sometimes I wish you'd speak to me more clearly. Yes, I'm often hard of hearing your voice, except when through adversity I sense you trying to get my attention. Help me to listen more closely to your voice, especially when you whisper to me. When you speak low, I know you are either letting me in on a secret or reminding me quietly how much you love me and are revealing a truth that I need to know. Thank you, Lord, that I do not need to look to the earthquake or the fire to find you. I only need to listen to a low whisper of your love. May I develop a listening ear and in turn whisper my love for my children into their ears. My great God, only in you can I find lasting joy. Not in myself. What's the verse? Trust in God with all your, uh, all your might. Lean not in your own understanding, right? You lean on your own understanding, folks. You're always, always going to lose. I, try, I can tell you that. There are many sources of happiness in the world, and sometimes they spill over into joy, especially when I share my pleasure with you. You shower so many blessings on my life. I want to take note of each one responding to your goodness with a glad, thankful heart. As I draw near you with a grateful mindset, the joy of your presence enhances the pleasure I receive from your blessings. On days when joy seems a distant memory, I need to seek your face more than ever. Instead of letting circumstances or feelings weigh me down, I can encourage myself with biblical truth. You are always with me. You hold me by my right hand. You guide me with your counsel. And afterward, you will take me into your glory. I must hold on to these glorious truths with all my might. As I make my way through the debris of this broken world, help me remember that you yourself are the truth. You are always the way, so it is wise to follow you. The light of your presence is shining on me, illuminating the path before me. Guys, remember... When you were a kid and your parents would say, trust, they would say, just do as I say. I'm telling you, if you don't, if you don't listen to me, something bad's going to happen. If you don't do this, this is a possibility. Listen to what I'm saying. Trust me. I know what I'm talking about. Been there, done that. And your children have to learn the hard way instead of just listening to you. That's what we're doing as adults right now. We are babies. We are children of God in the womb of earth waiting to go to heaven, just like you were waiting to come to earth as a baby. We are learning now. We are disobedient to our father now. When our father gives us advice, we go, eh, we'll find out the hard way. Stop doing that. You yourself as a parent tell your children not to do that, so stop doing it as an adult because you are merely a child of God. So stop learning the hard way. And if you do have to learn the hard way, then make sure you apply that, learn that what you learned and those teachings that you uh, absorbed, make sure you apply it in your life so other people can see it. That's what we want to do. So other people can see it. And now on this Turek Tuesday, 
That's what we're going to call it. I'd like to play a video from Ray, uh, from uh, Frank Turek where this kid asks him, why did God allow Satan to challenge Job and Jesus? And we were talking about Job yesterday. And today we're talking about all of your problems that you are trying too hard to control instead of giving it to God like Job did. This is a great explanation from Frank Turek on this Turek Tuesday. I've been learning about the book of Job. Uh And um, in the beginning, God has a conversation with uh, Satan. And they have basically a bet to like test Job Mm -hmm. and see if he, his faith is strong enough. Mm -hmm. And I was wondering, like, like, why would God, like, really acknowledge uh, Satan's Satan's uh, bet right there, just to like prove a point or something, and like, because he knows that Satan isn't really going to change at all. So, why would he even address that? Well, it's not just for Satan's benefit not for Satan's benefit at all. It's for our benefit and Job's benefit. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Job is thought to be the oldest book in the Bible, actually, probably written even before Moses wrote the Pentateuch. And um, it, the Bible's written from an observational perspective. Mm-hmm. So when it says that, you know, they had a bet or whatever, uh, do you think God didn't know the outcome of that bet? Well, yeah, he, he knew. Of course I mean, he, he did. knows everything. So, yeah, it's just like when yeah. Moses goes to convince God not to wipe out the Israelites after they worship the golden calf or, you know, or maybe after the numbers, the book of numbers a little bit later. And uh, it's like God gets new information and goes, okay, I won't kill him, right? Mm-hmm. That's written from an observational perspective. God always knew that Moses would come and pray. Mm-hmm. Um, so is the question regarding Job, is it, are you, are you advancing some sort of moral problem with this, or well, what's the... I'm also thinking about, like, just interactions between Satan and God, uh-huh, uh-huh. and, like, also with, like, Jesus in the desert when he's, when he's asked questions by, uh-huh. yeah. by Satan, and, yeah. like, just why does he give him time like that to... Well, it's for our benefit, mm-hmm. right? When we're, when we're supposed to go up against Satan, we're supposed to do exactly what Jesus did. What did Jesus do? He mm-hmm. quoted scripture properly. Satan tried to take it out of context. Jesus quoted it properly, and he prayed. And we're supposed to use those same weapons, prayer and the word of God, to fend off temptation. Mm-hmm. So, and if you notice what's going on today, it's been going on forever. People weaponize uh, our values against us. So they say, aren't you for love? Aren't you for equality? Aren't you for justice? Yeah, for all those things when they're defined properly. But these are defined just a little bit off. Love now means either same-sex relationships or I'm going to try and transition my seven-year-old. That's supposed to be love, according to them, when in fact that's not love at all. Mm -hmm. Or um, we're all for equality, but now people want equity they're changing it to equity we we all believe in equality of of opportunity but equality of outcome you're not even going to have equality of outcome in heaven what does jesus say to the uh uh, in the parable of the talents to the guy that hid his talent i'm taken from you and given to the guy who actually did something with his talents that's justice that's not equity Mm -hmm. so um what 
people try and do is they try and take the values of the Bible, distort them slightly, and try and get us to swallow them. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what was going on with Jesus or with Satan and Jesus in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. Take what God had said, distort it slightly, try and get Jesus to bite, and he didn't mm-hmm. because he was in tune with the word, in tune with God through prayer, and that's what we have to be as well. Mm-hmm. All right? All right. Thank you. All right. Thanks. In tune with Jesus or in tune with the word, in tune with the Father, and that's how we have to be. Jesus did not take the bait. We take the bait all the time. That's stop taking the bait. That is the whole message of today. Stop taking the bait. Stop trying so hard. Stop trying to control everything and give it all to Jesus Christ today. Now I'm going to read from one more book here. And then we're going to close out today. But I do want to say that Rise Up is getting so, I don't want to say advanced, but I feel like we are so much further in this journey with Jesus. I know me personally, and I hope you guys are personally with him as well. But as a, as a, as a fellowship here, as a group of people, I feel so much further in the last two weeks in my journey with Jesus. I felt like I've advanced so much further with him in the last two weeks than I did for the last year. So what caused that? I can tell you what caused it. Trials, tribulations, and calamity in my family. And we did what I always hoped that we would do when we go through such difficult times, and that is go back to God instead of trying to see, you know what, I'll just take care of it. I guess I got to step up again and take care of it. That's what I would have said a few years years ago. Not anymore. So in the last two weeks, I've advanced so much further than in the last, you know, year. It's really, 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 it's incredible to see and it's incredible to be a part of. Um, like I said, it's a great time to be alive. It really is. So, God's faithfulness. Romans 8.28, one of my favorite verses. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. To them who are called according to his purpose. Meaning, doing what you were created to do. It's that simple. John 14, 18, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. God never, ever abandons us. No matter how busy we are, no matter how much weight we're under, he never forgets us. He promised his followers that he would always help and always support them. A promise that he still keeps today, which is why we opened up with the apology. I'm so sorry for the way I act. Lord, you sent your Holy Spirit as a helper and a guide. No matter how tough our world becomes, let us remember that your presence in our lives will never fail us. Amen. God bless you guys. Thank you for being here today on Rise Up. Mike Crispy and Unafraid comes up next. 
followed by Live from America, two hours, and I hope to see you all there. Make sure you check out our morning show at 7 a.m. now. It's a morning money market show. So if you want to learn how to be more responsible with money, maybe even make your money make money, tune into that show too. God bless you guys. I love you. Have a great rest of your day. Keep walking with God. See you later.